Hi everyone, so I'm Veda. I'm Adam. And today we're going to be reflecting, we're both students in the uh, Disarming Injustice course at Elon University, and today we're just going to be reflecting a little bit about our class and about the civil rights tour that we experienced in Montgomery, Alabama. So let's get into it, Adam. And am I missing anything with our introduction? Nope, sounds good. All right. All right, so um, at the beginning of this course, we're just going to talk a little bit about where we stood. So for me, um, Veda here, everyone, for me, I guess I sort of understood that all of our systems, like in our society, are biased against people of color, but I didn't really understand the magnitude, and I didn't understand why they were. It was like I knew the what, but I just, I didn't know the why. Um, and so I'm a really big empath and I felt like, oh, I may have a grip on what it was, what it would be like to live as a black American. But after this course, like, I honestly just don't, like, there's no way of knowing that, um, being like a white woman, there's no way that I can know that. And so just with the daily implications that comes with it. So that's sort of where I stood with it. And I felt like there was a lot of like haze too in the way things were like, it it was hazy. It was cloudy for me. I just, I didn't really understand um, why things the way they were. What about you, Adam? For me, I don't think I knew the full extent of many of these topics going into the class. And I think I learned a lot very fast from hearing all of our discussions from the peers and our advisors. And it definitely better prepared me for this trip because if I, if we didn't do this first part, I don't know if I would have been able to fully get out of the trip what I did without all those discussions beforehand and the book. Definitely, definitely. Even like breaking down a lot of the uh, like history, um, things that we had learned beforehand, like in our, in our past education, like sort of uh, denouncing those, like about Abraham Lincoln, we talk about that in our class. We sort of all idolize him as like the man who freed all slayers of the Emancipation Proclamation. But we learned at the, you know, like first half of our class that he wasn't like that. And he actually just wanted black people to leave um to secure the union like he was pro-union he wasn't you know like pro-black people and having rights and citizenship so I feel like those like big misunderstandings that society has uh it was really good to like fully capture those before the civil rights tour yeah and I think we definitely learned a lot from amend and they were very impactful podcasts uh-huh definitely like a little bit more modern of stuff not Absolutely. necessarily the history but like in it the history but told in a modern way yeah. yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about now um in the middle of it like sort of that continuation of learning phase and um going into the civil rights tour and sort of where we stood with that so something that I learned that just really stood out to me was about the hypersexualization of black women 
we did a presentation of this, Adam and I actually are the same group for this, um, about in the 1619 Project Chapter 2. So we did a little presentation for this. And for me, it was just very eye-opening to learn about these people and the people who are taken advantage of and also very heartbreaking too. Like uh, we talked about the example in our PowerPoint. Do you remember, Adam, the example of the older lady who um, was like sexually abused by a cop and finally talked out about that? Yeah, and the worst part, like there were so many more people. He kept targeting this one group because he thinks he could. Yep. Yep, that was like he would purposely go into these neighborhoods yeah. and just target these women. And even the one of the examples that just really stood out to me too was the 11-year-old girl who had gotten raped multiple times by men. And then like when she charged, she ended up getting charges for like, what is it? What's it called? Uh, miss accusation? Is that the word? probably misaccusation of these men. Um, I just thought that was such like a true, it gave me a true understanding of where like black women really are. Like they are in this one foot square box and they cannot go beyond that. And they're just sort of sitting there helpless and vulnerable. And there's no way of getting justice for those like cruel, cruel things that were done to them. And it's just like, yeah. I so that, I think that example is a true reflection of how messed up the system is and how one-sided it is to not help everyone and how it might be hard to go to the police or something if you're just going to get accused for something that happened to you, turning you into the victim, yes. mean, into the criminal and not the victim. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, like these examples to really capture the whole intersectionality behind um these racial implications too it's like you know if you're black that is harsh in america but on top of that if you're also a woman i mean yeah like it's it's just a lot um i also found it very mind-boggling how it talks about on page 50 in chapter 2 in the 1619 project how white men would profit off of like their sexual assaults through black women and it's like, it, from one thing to the next, it's so, like, seen in today. Like, why do you think now, like, obviously this is a very big generalization, but, like, men who, um, like, now sexually assault women, like, rationalize it, you know? Maybe it's an origin of, of that, of being able to profit from sexually assaulting black women. I think through this, we learned about a deeper understanding of prejudice and racism in the country. And something going off of what Barack Obama said, he said that America has shown the capacity to change. And I think we still have a very long way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. Also, just sorry, going back to what I was talking about, too. Um, I think like the chapter two was most impactful for me in the 1619 project. It was probably my turning point in the course because I was able to like connect with that. Um, given that I'm a woman and stuff like that. Um, so it was just really emotional to read and I, I couldn't imagine what it was like for like the people of color in our class to read 
just like be a part of this whole class in general, given like the hard history that we're learning, you know, about their people, about like they connect with everything we talk about. It's personal to them. Just like this instance in chapter two, when we talk about like sexual assault is personal to me. Like I couldn't imagine the kind of processing I'd be going through if I was a person of color in our class. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, so towards the end, wow, there's a lot. So, get a lot. Where to start? Where to start? Maybe start with state capital. Okay. Okay, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, we'll, we'll do a little reflecting on the state capital. So... So I would say something I actually got from the book was that 14 states had new voter registrations in time for the 2016 election. This was a huge factor in a huge factor in Trump's victory. This shocked me so much since it was so recent, and I realized that not all progress is always good progress, especially knowing these changes were misleading to voters and racially targeting. Um, when you visited the state capitol, tying it back, mm-hmm. I began to question if the Secretary of State had similar methods when it came to voter registration as President Trump, since they are such great friends. Uh, <laughs> but this journey, this journey has taught me to question people in charge. Just because someone's in a power position doesn't doesn't make them make what they say okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like I said it again. I I said it in our discussion, like our our immediate discussion after that day, but I uh, was really like disheartened to meet the Secretary of State because of how flashy and just like political cookie cutter kind of person that he was. Um and it was just really disheartening to feel that that kind of person is in charge of so many people and individuals in this country um yeah another thing that like upset me with that discussion is that like John Merrill never asked us what we're looking for in our future and we're like we are the youth of America you know we are the next upcoming leaders of this country and not once did he care to ask us about that until at the end he goes oh like text me if you ever need anything or Text me if you ever want to talk. It's like, well, we just had an opportunity to talk with you and you didn't take it. So why would I reach out to you anyways, you know? I think the whole state capital experience was really crazy mm-hmm. for me personally because there was definitely a time I felt really uncomfortable. They had the star of David on the floor and they like referenced it as mm-hmm. that. And it was like a Confederacy like symbol. And it was put in somewhat recently. Like it was it's supposed to be like remembered Uh so many people step on this and they say it has no correlation but they reference it as this so it just felt really weird and a little too coincident yeah yeah it was a little bit like uh like intentionally naive kind of a thing i feel like that was sort of the big theme throughout the capital it's just like this like intentional ignorance that they're trying to keep to the public, mm-hmm. you know, because if they really did talk about like the things that were going on and like educate people about like 
the movements that are going around, you know, our country to take on these big issues, then, you know, people might not want to change stuff. And clearly, like, Bama doesn't like change. Yeah, I think on a more positive note, like, thinking about some of the other museums that were amazing, I want to mm-hmm. talk about the Legacy Museum more. Yeah. That was a really enlightening Yeah, the Legacy experience. Museum was just very, it had so much information in it. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think what stood out to me was the very beginning. It was, like, jail cells, basically, uh-huh. and you would go up to it and enslaved people would be telling us their stories and it would be so heartbreaking it was anywhere from little girls to elderly Mm -hmm. people and it was just so for real that that was crazy to me have you seen black mirror i have have you seen the one where they have a museum and then there's someone who's like a holographic who got sentenced to the death chair and yeah. he is there and then people come and visit him yeah. and get a keychain. It was exactly like that scene. I didn't even think about that. It did feel like that. It was exact. I was getting major deja vu in that place, like wow. thinking about that. And so the whole point of that like scene is sort of capitalizing on these cruel punishments like the death punishment and like the death penalty mm-hmm. and obviously like that intention wasn't there in the setting that we were in but it was just it was way too familiar it did come up actually later on when you went to like the jail cell where you would pick up the phone and you would listen uh-huh. i remember listening to one of the men who said he got wrongfully committed even though evidence was saying he didn't do it and he got sentenced to the death penalty Oh my god. For a crime he didn't commit and 30 years in jail before that. Yeah. And that whole experience was crazy seeing everything and hearing all these different people's stories. Yeah, especially those ones who are underage, like under 18, mm-hmm. and you're getting sentenced to life. life. Yeah. Like, how, I, I just couldn't imagine, like, the kind of stride you would have. Like, how, how do you hold on to hope? When you're like that, you know, when you know you're going to be in jail your entire life, how do you like see the light at the end of the tunnel? Mm. I don't know if I could do that. I'm just so envious in those kinds of people who like stick through it and don't end up dying because of it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That it was everything very enrapturing. It was also one more in there that really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Talking about our earlier points with a lady who was in jail and she got raped by one of the police officers or Uh the guards yeah and she had to have her kid and then immediately give it up and she said that hurt her so bad she was raped and then she had to give her kid up yeah nothing happened no consequences gosh it like it, it it reminds me of the way that like we talked about earlier how people how slave owners like profited off of the sexually assaulting black women like that is sort of just another form of, you know, what we, what that is about slave, slave labor and whatnot. I also really found it fascinating. So my mom does foster care. Mm. So we have a lot of children who, you know, the foster care is, there's a lot of children of color too in the foster care. And so to see like a lot of them when they're teenagers, they either like go to jail or, they just like age out of the foster care system. 
Um, but a large majority of them go to jail. So it was really personal of me to like see those stories of children who were getting life sentences, you know, when they were 13, because I've, I've been so close to some before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So where are we going to go from here? Like, how do we, what do we learn? We real. so something I realized is that how much privilege I have. I like, I knew I had privilege before, but just like, like the consistent privilege that I carry, not having to like carry the extra weight of like this caution because of my race. Um, I like realize now that we all have weight on our shoulders to carry because we're all Americans and like we carry with what we did in the past. You know, we all have a duty to do something about that. So I don't know. I just, I sort of want to figure out how to navigate that area of my life and, you know, put my privilege to use mm-hmm. and um, use it in a way that I can help others and uplift, you know, marginalized groups. I agree. And after this experience, I think there's still a really long way to go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, not everyone is trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Like, yeah, I also really like, I feel like with my learning about history or just like about policies too, I want to keep up to date with policies and like the different, different politics that are going on in my like home states, because I realized sort of everything comes down to policies, even like when racial terrorism was going on, the rationality behind all of it is because the law accepted it. You know what I mean? So it's just like that really like, I don't know, has a big effect on people. And um, I want to do better at doing that. It's hard for me because that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily interest me, like reading about it. But I think the implications that it has, it's important to just get over that. I think all the visuals from this trip were so amazing. And I remember seeing all these terrible signs in the Legacy Museum uh-huh. saying, like, restricting people to come into places, bathrooms, buses, restaurants. Right. And I look up closer and I see a coffee stain on one of them. And I was like, these are real. Like, this is not just an example. And I, I go and I talk to one of the ladies working there and she uh-huh. tells me all about it. And she said they've all been given to them. Wow. Just stuck. It stuck with me. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like there's like, that's a, the Legacy Museum did a really good job at like conserving the hard history of the past. And also, okay, like what are we going to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. You know, and what does our future look like for us? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I also just want to be like, constantly cognitive about like racial implications on others and try to be more empathetic towards others with that yeah yeah and i think i thought their logo was really cool in the beginning we, mm-hmm. we came there we're like i wonder what this is and then it's a yes train. that it's, was so cool it's breaking through the chain yeah which, that was sick and i'm glad we talked about that in our big discussion uh-huh because otherwise i was thinking the same thing i just didn't ask the question but that was it, it made it so much more meaningful. And Caroline also. Yeah, Caroline did. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, do you have anything left to say, Adam? No. Awesome. Well, yeah, overall this was just a a really impactful course and yeah. I think 
we got a long ways to go, but this is sort of, I guess, what I needed to start this journey of mine. Yep, I completely yep. agree. Yeah. All right. Thank you all. Have a good day.